Hello, listeners. Welcome to a special edition of the NBA podcast presented by TheBreakdownSports.com. This is a special edition because the trade deadline just passed. Some big things happened. We wanted to get on the mic a little earlier than regular to talk about them, give our thoughts, and let you know what we think is going to happen and honestly will happen. Let's be real here. We're just we're telling the future here on this podcast. So, no sponsors, no nothing. We're diving right into this topic. This is a quick episode for all you listeners out there. Uh, we just want to get this information into your ears. So, let's jump right in. I'm joined today with Phil, the editor-in-chief of this podcast, coming on the mic for some hot takes today. Phil, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Glad to hear it. Steven, he's back. He's feeling a little bit better. So, how, how's everything going? You, you, you ready to get some hot takes going? Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Love to hear it. So, I think the biggest thing that didn't happen yesterday was Anthony Davis is still a New Orleans Pelican. Uh, he did not obviously get traded anywhere. Um, it was a little bit of entertainment from a Lakers perspective. Uh, to lay that out, they pretty much negotiated against themselves and offered everything but LeBron, essentially. Uh, which has not translated to great team chemistry so far since that. Uh, but Phil, as the resident Laker fan on the podcast today, what were your thoughts on Magic basically negotiating against himself and getting nowhere? Yeah, I'm actually glad that that trade fell through because we have a pretty good young core between Kuzma, Ball, and Ingram. I'm not saying that they're all going to become stars, but hey, Kuzma's been balling all year. Ingram's getting his confidence back, and Lonzo's a pretty good defensive playmaker for the point guard position. Now, I honestly think that the Pelicans aren't going to get a better deal because the rest of the league knows all signs point to L.A. when it comes to A.D. And I truly believe that Danny Ainge wants to hold on to Tatum for as long as possible. So I think we gave him the best deal possible. What, all of our young guys and two first-round picks? He's not getting that from nowhere else. That's very true. Very, very true. Uh, Steven, what are your thoughts on this non-Anthony Davis trade? And then, I guess, do you think he goes to L.A. in this offseason? Or with Boston kind of coming out and saying, you know, there's nobody off limits when it comes to a trade for Anthony Davis in this offseason. So that means... Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum could be up for grabs. I really don't think that the Pelicans want to trade him to Los Angeles. I always thought, and I'll always think that uh, that what that one take was almost after the fact was correct, that the Pelicans were really just playing with the Lakers. There wanted there to be problems in the locker room just by themselves. So like they were taking the calls, but they weren't really considering the trade. Like they just wanted all the young guys to start infighting with LeBron about the trade when they knew they weren't going to do it. I think if the Pelicans can get anywhere close to a comparable package from any other team in the league besides the Lakers, then that's the trade they would like to do first. Um, but I mean, I guess if nobody else really comes out there and says that they want to, uh, says that they want to really make that package for Anthony Davis, and I guess they're going to have to go with the Lakers, but it's definitely not their first choice, but they can't let him go for nothing either. Yeah. I felt like that's, that was very true when it came back and they said, Oh, we want four first round picks for Anthony Davis, which I was like, uh, I don't think you're going to get that for anybody, but it seemed a bit out of this, uh, this world for that anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree. I think everybody got so spoiled when when uh, when the Nets gave up those four picks years ago. Let's be honest, you're not you're not getting that nowadays. <laughs> that's not happening. Well, that and I think you after you saw the the uh, outcome of that, you're like, that's a terrible idea. We probably shouldn't do that again because <laughs> the Nets have been reeling ever since. But let's stay in New Orleans because they were ready to offer up somebody, and that was Nikola Mirotic who my home team, the Milwaukee Bucks, was able to peel away for basically nothing. Uh, I can't believe. So I guess let's just, this is a three-team trade. It involves Milwaukee, Detroit, and New Orleans. So Milwaukee sent Thonmaker to Detroit 
And then uh, Milwaukee sent uh, Jason Smith to New Orleans. Detroit sent Stanley Johnson to New Orleans. And then New Orleans sent Nikola Miritich to Milwaukee. And then New Orleans got four second-round picks, the 20, a 2019 Wizards pick, a 20 – oh, no, sorry, uh, a 2019 Denver pick, uh, two 2020 picks, one was Washington and one was Milwaukee, and then a 2021 uh, Washington pick. So it, it seems crazy to me. So Thom Maker got his request. He got traded. He got actually – as a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm very happy for him. I wasn't a fan of Thom Maker on the Bucks, so I'm glad he's gone. One and then uh, I'm glad that he got to go to a team where he can really learn from some solid centers in Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, two big men who have been very large in this league and they're playing everything else. So good for him. But I think the the most amazing thing was what John Horse was able to turn around and say, "Yeah, we're going to make turn this into Nikola Mirotic." They gave two guys who were non-rotation players, they averaged nine minutes a game between Jason Smith and and Thon Maker into a guy who's been playing upwards of 25 minutes and scoring 18 points this season for the New Orleans Pelicans. So, Stephen, let's come down to you. And what do you think about this trade and how this affects the Eastern Conference? Well, I'm sure we all know, I hate saying this, but the, the Bucks actually won something. They really won this trade. Um, I mean, I remember Miritich when he was on the Bulls. He might not be, he might not be the best shooter, but he's a real streaky shooter. And when he gets hot, he is lights out from three. And I never remember him being a great defensive asset but you guys are already good enough on defense so i mean i don't know what new orleans got that was of any value to them except maybe stanley johnson if they think he still has potential i don't like just getting second round picks like they would have needed to get a first round pick if they wanted any real compensation for him and i think you said detroit was the third team i'm sure they were just trying to get yeah they got thon maker yeah thon maker could be a piece he probably will be a piece. I always liked him and his potential. He never really got the minutes he needed to grow in Milwaukee. So it's, I think it worked out for those two teams and the Pelicans just, they lost his trade all around more or less. Okay. I, I have thoughts on that, but I'll, I'll toss this to you, Phil. Uh, any uh, thoughts you want to build off from Steven and then anything different maybe that you saw from this trade? Oh, yeah. I definitely think that Milwaukee and Detroit won this trade. Obviously, New Orleans is just trying to, to dump bad salaries. But Don Maker just last year, especially around the playoff time, he was getting a little buzz as like the next possible unicorn because of his defensive versatility and his soft touch. So if he goes to Detroit, you know, Drummond, for as good as he is, he's an old school center. So he's trying to get phased out of the NBA with Don Maker next to Blake. That could be a crazy tandem. And look at Milwaukee. I think people kind of sleep on Miracic because he hasn't played much this year, but every team he's gone to, he's averaged at least 15 points per game. And he's a great outside shooter. He can play the five, the four, and the three in pinches. So I think Milwaukee's definitely getting up for a very deep playoff run. And New Orleans, Stanley Johnson, uh, he's been a bust since he came out of Arizona. So I don't really see much with him, but they're definitely trying to dump some bad salaries to maybe open up some longer term contracts if they were to get Tatum next year for the AD trade. Who knows? Yeah, I think so. To Stephen, to your point, I mean, New Orleans got to dump uh, Nikola Miritich. I mean, he was getting paid twelve and a half million dollars this year. He's an unrestricted free agent next year, so I don't. I, they weren't going to resign him, which is probably why they were like, "Well, let's, let's accumulate some second round picks." I mean, you can't you can't count them out from being a part of the trade market because there there are some pieces. Drew Holiday's on there, so. So they may may make, want to make a package come this offseason to maybe start rebuilding or uh, potentially get some first rounders. So I think they they were able to get something out of it in that aspect. Otherwise, 
yeah, I, I felt like they just kind of gave up Miritich. I, I don't understand it really that much either. It felt like John Horst just called him and was like, hey, I got these guys. You want them? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Take this guy. So I, I'm happy as a Bucks fan. I, you're right. He's a real streaky shooter, and he gets hot in the playoffs. Like that guy could really break open a game and give give the Bucks the ability to run away with it. And if he is cold, then there's so much more depth on this team and people to, uh, that could replace him basically in a lineup. It, it's awesome. So I'm excited. And I think this this Eastern Conference is going to be fun. So let's let's stay in the Eastern Conference to talk about some some other trades that happened. In Tobias Harris got traded to the Sixers for and, and Boban. I don't know how to say his full name. I just know him as that he's like the eight foot guy <laughs> that was on the Clippers. But uh, I, I don't like this trade that much. I I don't think it makes the Sixers that much better than everybody thinks. So. Uh, but Phil, let's get your thoughts first. I agree with you. Until Ben Simmons develops that outside shot, they need shooters. Tobias Harris, while he's a decent outside shooter, he's another inside banger to go along with Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. Yeah, they had J.J. Riddick, but they're going to need more than one guy come playoff time. While he's a good player, while he's a fringe all-star, I just think as far as what the team needed, that wasn't the right pickup to me. No, I totally agree. I don't like that everybody's making the Sixers seem to be the new favorite in the East. Like all they did was make them their team less deep. They gave up like two bench guys. I, I couldn't tell you who they are. I honestly looked at this last night and I was like, I don't even know who these guys are. I don't know what I don't know what they were really doing. But I was even looking at their bench as it currently stands, and I couldn't tell you two of their names right now. But Steven, what are your thoughts on this trade? Uh I mean, they have a solid starting lineup, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, their their starters can definitely match most other starters, but they're going to die when they have to come to the bench. And Tobias Harris, obviously, just off talent-wise, should be an improvement over what they had before. But as a team, it doesn't improve them enough to make them like a real contending team in the East. Like They had to give up one of their shooters in Shamit, who was a rookie and he was finally starting to like show some good, like he had some good games as a rookie and he was the other shooter off the bench that went with JJ Redick. So now it's just JJ Redick and sometimes Jimmy Butler takes threes. Sometimes Tobias Harris takes threes, but they're not three point shooters. So when you, when teams like Boston and Milwaukee and even Toronto a little bit are good three point shooting teams, like it's just going to be trading twos for threes, kind of like what Memphis used to do. And they're not going to survive in the East this year. And think about this too. You got to pay all four guys. Ben Simmons is coming up on his rookie extension. Um, Joel and B is almost time to pay that guy. Butler, if they want to keep him, he's going to want you to open the bank up for him. And now you got Tobias Harris. It's, it's going to be tough. Right. And I even think I saw that they were like trying to cure, clear cap space to sign all of them. And I'm like, why? I don't, like, no, you at least, I think if anything, you just use somebody who's on a contract and trade them for, for role players to put around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Cause that's what you really need on that team. I mean, I think we've seen that you can get it done with two stars in this league. You know, Shaq and Kobe did it. Um, you, know, you, you can get away with that. You just need to have the right people surrounding them. I mean, yeah, it took three in the, in, in Miami, but even Chris Bosch, after LeBron got there, it wasn't that big of a factor, I felt like. so. And look at the year that Dallas won it. They had Dirk Nowitzki, and they had a bunch of shooters, and they had Tyson Chandler. So that showed you you could win it without having three or four stars on the team. Yeah, I just feel like everybody's trying to chase Golden State. But I feel like that this was also uh, a fear of, honestly, as Stephen brought up, the Celtics in Milwaukee and Toronto, right? Because I, I think they they knew, just as, as everybody else did, that they were falling behind in, in the quote-unquote arms race of the East. 
Do you guys agree on that? Like they're trying to win now, but they don't have the depth to win now in the East. So they're like, let's get stars, but they don't have a bench to match to win. Yeah, exactly. But let's talk about one of their competitors in Toronto who did make a trade. I have my thoughts on the rating of that trade, I guess you could call it. But for everybody who probably knows listening to this, but Marcus Saul is traded to the Raptors for Jonas Valanciunas and CJ Miles. I feel like this trade made the Raptors marginally better. Um, I don't think it really made them take a big jump because they gave up a starter and a rotation guy for an aging starter in Marcus Saul. Jonas Valanciunas is only 26. Gasol is 34. Valanciunas ironically has a better career three point percentage at 40%. And Gasol is, I think, around 35 or 33. Uh, so, I mean, this is, I mean, this was kind of just as Steven said, this was the Toronto, just as Milwaukee and um, Philadelphia are all kind of the, going for the win now. They're, I feel like everybody's pushing their chips in the middle and saying, this is it. Who's going to win? And I, I don't know. I think that this trade is obviously better than Philadelphia's for obvious reasons, but. I still think that it's it's Milwaukee Boston in this in this in this Eastern Conference based on just this. We've I mean all year Toronto hasn't been had that deep of a bench. They just gave up a rotation guy to get a starter for a starter, uh, an aging starter who probably can't play that many minutes come the second half of the season. And I I don't know. I mean they are lucky that Siakam's kind of hit and they got surge still, but. We'll see. I don't know. Let me get your thoughts because I might be a bit jaded as as a Bucks fan here. So let me get your thoughts. Uh, not at all. I don't see how having Mark Gasol moves the needle because what did Toronto need in order to continue to compete? They need that secondary or that third score behind behind Laurie and behind Kawhi Leonard. Mark Gasol, to me, at this stage of his career, doesn't really provide that. And he just adds another person to a logjam at center. How many minutes is he going to get? 20, 25? Now that's taking minutes away from Serge depending on where you play them at the four or the five. Like y'all mentioned earlier, everyone's so caught up in the win now and the arms race that they're not looking at, okay, this is what my team needs to compete for now and to compete for the future. I don't see how Mark Gasol helps that out at all. All right, I agree. Steven, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I could make a serious case for Toronto losing the trade deadline with this trade because Dylan Wright was a really good roten- or rotation bench player for Toronto this year. And Valanchunas is basically just, he's almost Marcus Gasol, just eight years younger. Maybe a little bit worse on offense, but he still has room to grow. Like, Gasol's old, he's slow, he has some good touch inside, he can hit the occasional three. But everything is just so close to about the same, or maybe a little bit better, that I wouldn't, like, trade somebody who's eight years younger than somebody else just to try to win in a league now where you got the Warriors with five all-stars on their team that most teams probably wouldn't be able to beat anyway. So I don't know why you would give up youth for age at this point. And you would give up like more bench players for just, for just the one guy. I I don't know. The trade didn't make sense to me at the time. And I think, I don't think either team like really won. Well, I think you can argue. I mean, if you take, if you just take Memphis versus, you know, Toronto Memphis won that trade. They got Jonas Valanciunas for Marcus Saul. So they got they got a like they got a younger center to kind of keep there for a while who's who's shown to be very, very good if if he can stay healthy. And I think that's exactly what you would be looking for from that perspective. So I I think you can argue Memphis won this trade, but and and I I don't want to seem biased, but I mean, take a look at this versus the Milwaukee trade. Like Milwaukee did the complete opposite. They gave two non rotation guys for a rotation guy, whereas Toronto gave up 
two rotation guys and a starter for a starter. Like that doesn't help you long term or even really in the short term, I feel like, because you want those guys to back up. If Kawhi's having a cold night or Kyle Lowry is having a cold night, and guys that can come pick up the slack from a scoring perspective, defensive perspective, anything. I, I kind of agree, Steve. I think they lost because I felt like they gave up so much just to get Marcus All. Um the Sixers didn't necessarily lose it because they did get Tobias Harris, who's I think a great third banana, third, fourth banana on a team, but not don't think they have enough to to be the favorite in the East. But I guess let's talk about let's move on from the Eastern Conference and bring this back to the Western Conference here because there was another trade that was rather interesting at the time, mainly because one of the people was, I think, mid jump shot when they got released that he was trading, and that's Harrison Barnes. So Harrison Barnes from Dallas got traded to uh, the Kings for Zach Randolph and, and uh, Justin Jackson. So uh, very interesting. And then uh, update, we were recording this at 5.30 Central Time on the 8th of February. And Zach Randolph has been officially released. He was never activated on the Kings roster this year, and I, and Dallas just released him. So uh, thoughts on this trade? Um, you know, Phil, let's start with you, and then Steven, you can follow it up. That's a decent trade all around. Uh, the Mavericks, well... He's got released, I guess. So the Mavericks, they're now they're opening up more cap space. The Kings, they got a pretty decent small forward in Harrison Barnes. That's actually a pretty good player. He's a pretty good defender. He can play the three to four to five. He can rebound. At a minimum, he'll get you 15 points per game. And he can be somewhat of a mentor to these younger guys because he did win a championship with Golden State. So the Kings definitely got better. And the Mavericks, they saved money. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said there, Phil. I, the Mavericks dumping salaries, what they needed to do because they want to make sure they have the cap room to re-sign uh, Porzingis when it's time for him to get paid again. And this is a great trade for the Kings, because small forward was one of the spots they were really missing. Like, they got some good young, like, centers and big men. They got Buddy Heald. They got De'Aaron Fox at guards. They just needed that swing guy to really fill out their starting rotation. And they got a good one in Harrison Barnes, who's going to... Like you said, he's going to eat up some minutes. He's going to be that like close to like a veteran player for all these really young guys that they have. I think this trade basically, it puts Sacramento in there, probably like a fringe playoff team. Like I think they're probably going to end up being like the seven or the 18 now because of this trade. Yeah, I, I agree with all that as well. I mean, you took basically all the points uh, out of my mouth. So I don't want to add too much on this. I, I felt like, you know, I'm interested more to see how that Mavericks team develops uh, if Chris Tops is willing to stay there, what they what he stays for, and honestly, if he does stay, how Luca and him play together, I'm I'm very intrigued and honestly excited for it. I think that'd be it'll be fun to watch and great to see them succeed. Uh, one thing uh, else did happen yesterday. We can probably touch on here, which is All Star teams were selected, and it was rather entertaining. I didn't catch it really on TV. I was busy doing some other things. Um, but I think you could see something sneaky going on there. Cause if you look at LeBron's team, there's something in common with everybody. So Phil, I'm just going to toss it to you. I'm not even going to say what that is, but what are your thoughts on these all-star teams? <laughs> well, LeBron definitely pulled the troll job of the century when he drafted Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. Was that a little bit of foreshadowing? Maybe. Maybe he's just trolling the NBA, but it's going to be interesting moving forward. I know we're talking about the All-Star game, but I can't wait for next offseason to see how things shake up moving forward. But LeBron, he doesn't do things just to do them. He's a very calculated person, so I'm interested to see how this affects things moving forward. Okay, thank you for at least admitting it. I felt like he like tries to downplay it. Like Giannis made the joke during it where he drafted Anthony Davis and 
And Giannis goes, isn't that tampering? And, and of course, he goes back, you know, oh, it's not tampering during uh, All-Star Weekend. And then you go down the list and like outside of so his first like six <laughs> picks outside of um, James Harden are all free agents next year. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis, or, or at least Anthony Davis wants to be traded. So like that's crazy to me. Like he is really trying to fill out that Lakers team. Steven, what are your thoughts on this? Do you like this or is it just kind of uh, good entertainment for us as fans? Um, it is going to be good entertainment. All-Star Weekend is going to be really funny this year but Giannis hit it right on the head this what LeBron did is it's legitimately just tampering 101 like you look up tampering in the NBA handbook you just see a picture of LeBron on that screen picking everybody for this game (laughs) I mean like if they think anything else is going to happen except for LeBron trying to recruit everybody to the Lakers during all-star weekend like they're they're just fooling themselves and the one thing I did like was after they picked the teams, LeBron asked Giannis if he wanted to trade Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons just to get Westbrook and beat on the same team, which I thought was good. And I think is going to be funny during the All-Star game this year. But I'm excited to see what happens both during the All-Star break and then what happens on July 1 of this year, right when... Uh, right when free agent signings start to happen. I'm going to just throw my little conspiracy out there real quick. Ben Simmons and LeBron serve the same agent in Rich Paul, and I feel like both Embiid and Simmons have very alpha male personalities. Someone's going to want to be the leader by themselves. I'm just saying. L.A., welcome Simmons someday. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I can't handle Lakers fans. Gosh. we're gonna. Have, can I have a mute button so I can just mute you when you start saying some stupid shit like that? Come on, man. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're rounding out this uh, short episode here regarding the trade deadline. Uh, I want to go down the list here. What? Um, so what was your, I would say, favorite trade? Um, I know, Stephen, your team had a trade that was pretty good. We didn't touch on, which might be might be your favorite, but um, we'll toss it to Phil first. You know, what trade um, was your favorite? I would say, even if your team didn't make one, um, and then which one do you think was the best? And then we'll go down the list. I think my favorite trade was the no trade with the Lakers and and the Pelicans, obviously. I think we have a great young core. And while they may not be together for the foreseeable future, I think the trade rumors gave them that chip. And hopefully it helps them and LeBron make a deep playoff run. My second favorite trade would have to be a mirror trick to the Bucks. To me, that's a phenomenal pickup. And I think with Giannis being a non-shooter, that really helps space the floor for, for Milwaukee. My least favorite trade, I would say, is probably Tobias Harris to the Sixers. The Clippers were making something great over there in L.A. So to see him get shipped out to the Sixers because they think that he's a, a great pickup for that team, to me, was a horrible trade. Steven, how about yourself? Uh, my my favorite trade was the trade that the Bulls made. You get rid of two people who were just toxic in the locker room with Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker. You pick up Otto Porter, who's a serviceable player, and people are going to complain about the contract, but... It's like the Bulls have cap space, but nobody's going to want to go there this offseason or next offseason. I don't want to waste all of our cap space on like a marginal player. So just let Otto Porter take up the cap space for the next couple of years while you're rebuilding the team. Then when you have good young pieces, Porter's contract expires and you have cap space then to go after a star. So I like that one. I also like the trade between the two Los Angeles teams. Not as much for the Lakers. But the Clippers made a good move there, being able to get rid of Muscala, who's an average player, but he's already like close to his 30s. He's starting to get a little bit older. And they were able to get Zubats from the Lakers, who was really starting to show that he's 
going to be a starting caliber player in this league for a long time. And I think the Clippers were kind of missing that like true center. So that's going to be something that's going to be beneficial for them for a while. Yeah, I mean, you just named two uh, underrated trades, I'd say, that didn't necessarily catch everybody's eyes unless you were really a fan of that team. So uh, good talk, though. Good good explanation, definitely. Uh, Mine, obviously, is the Miritich trade. That's my favorite trade. I think it's the best trade because for what they gave up and what they got, I don't think they weigh even close to each other. So I think the Bucks got much better and gave up barely anything for it and are, are looking to really make a good push. Uh, this this postseason so i'm really looking forward to that and uh, for all you listeners out there thanks for listening i know we didn't talk about every trade so i would love not to hear well you guys didn't talk about this you guys didn't talk about that i know we could only we want to make this a quick one we want to talk high level about some of the bigger trades that happen so i mean if you want to talk about it though follow us on twitter at the breakdown sports that's at the brkdwn sports on twitter you can follow me at Jakubitz, that's at J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. Phil, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at CreoSoul3, capital C-R-E-O-L-E, capital S-O-U-L-3. Love it. Steven, how about yourself? What's your Twitter handle? Unlike Andrew, I want you to come yell at me about how all my takes, you think they were wrong, even though they were clearly 100% correct. Just like all my takes I have on here. Nothing's wrong. They're all right. But you can come yell at me about all my takes, at Breakdown Steven, that's B-R-K-D-W-N, and then S-T-E-V-E-N. I didn't disagree with any of your takes today, and I don't think it was anybody that's ever gotten full takes, so correct. But uh, no, that's a good point. Yeah, come give us a talk. I love. I think we all love talking basketball with anybody out there. We appreciate listening. Uh, check out, I'm dropping a new article on why the Bucks did win the trade deadline, and that's on the breakdownsports.com, the B-R-K-D-W-N sports.com. Uh, one last plug here, uh, finally, and that is if you are looking to do some betting, go to my bookie and sign up. Get on there because we're going to give you a code to do it with, and it's breakdown, code breakdown, B-R-K-D-W-N. And you know what that's going to do for you? It's going to give you a 50% bonus on a deposit of a, a minimum of $100. So you want to go in, you're like, ah, I never really bet before. Well, go check it out. We'll give you $50 free with a deposit of 100 Use code breakdown, B-R-K-D-W-N. And test it out. See if you like it. March Madness is coming up. One of the best times to get into gambling. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and I just recommend it. So check that out. Code Breakdown on my bookie. Uh, check out the website. A lot of great content being pushed. If you're more than an NBA fan, there's eSports, soccer, everything on there you can possibly think of, um, and quality content. So, again, appreciate you listening, and I look forward to chatting with you on Twitter. Cheers.